yeah, when she says, oh, I thought the old lady dropped, dropped it into the, the ocean, ocean in the end. Well, baby, I, I went down and got it for, for you. Oh, you shouldn't have. They didn't do that part in the show, and I was so upset about uh. it. You never saw that movie? Are you kidding me? We're watching it then. I want to see your face one. What the? Oh my god. <laughs> Is he dead? <laughs> Wait, no. You're kidding, right? Oh shit. It's delayed reactions. It's delayed reactions. I am so done. Beautiful. I feel like that's pretty good, right? That's probably. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I have a lot of pages of notes. But I wanted to start off this episode by saying that I joined Pottermore, and I, I told you this already, but for right. the listeners yes. out there, I joined Pottermore so I could uh, see what house the sorting hat would put me in, and I was wrong. I'm not Hufflepuff. I got Gryffindor. Hey. Interesting. So I don't know if you find that accurate. I was just like... Fuck yes, I'm with Ron, Hermione, and Harry. I don't Let's know if, go. if I initially would peg you that, but being a Gryffindor basically just means that you're very brave. And I would say that you are very outgoing. Oh, well, thank and, you. Um, yeah, you kind of march to the beat of your own drum in I, the best way. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I was like, hell yes. Not, not that there's anything wrong with Hufflepuff. Every house has its, like, great parts, and I just don't really know. I really don't know Ravenclaw that well, to be honest. They're supposed to be cunning. Oh. Okay. Kate Kate also just joined and took it. Yeah. And she got Gryffindor, too. I was like, girl, we're in the same house. Mm. I'll see you in the common room. Well, wait. Cunning doesn't mean what I thought it meant. Never oh. mind. <laughs> cunning has a negative connotation. It does, to yeah. It. That's why I was like, oh. No, that's more Slytherin. What's the word I'm trying to think of? Well, let me see. Like Ravenclaw. Uh, resourceful. Ravenclaw traits. <clears throat> Let's clarify this. Harry <laughs> Potter wiki. Before, <laughs> before <laughs> we get to the main topic of today, maybe witty is what I meant. Um, not no, not witty in like a funny way. Are, are characterized, Ravenclaws are characterized by their wit, learning, and wisdom. Hey, what's up? I literally just asked her if she did this. So <laughs> Kate just got here. Hi. Kate, tell the listeners how you got Gryffindor and how you felt about it. I got Gryffindor because I said I prefer rivers over forests. That's the one question you think that, wait, I don't get it. <laughs> that was just the first question and the only question I remember. Oh. Because I was like... This question sucks. <laughs> okay. Well, congratulations. Welcome to Gryffindor. Honestly, I guess we sort of had to be in the same house. It wouldn't that, that's true. That makes were. a lot of sense. I should get matching booty shorts. Oh, yeah. Welcome <laughs> to the club, girl. Um, Sam, you can just edit this part out. If I use the bathroom, will the toilet... <laughs> Go to the bathroom noise. my room. Okay. Yeah. If you want to change, though, we, we can stop and... No, I'm fine. Okay. You can stink it up a lot. Because Riley's in there. I just have to pee. (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep this for the outtakes. (laughs) That'll be like a bonus clip. All right, so congratulations, Sam. Welcome to Gryffindor. Thank you. We are brave souls. Thank you very much. I'm very excited about it. 
And, um, yeah, that was the only thing I wanted to say that related to um, a previous episode. All of our episodes are on iTunes and SoundCloud, so hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. You can listen to all of them. And uh, next, I just wanted to talk to you about the past week and a half, week, yeah. two weeks ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, well, it wasn't that long ago, but, um, yeah, tell, tell, the, tell the listeners what you've been doing. She's been doing some cool shit. So, for the past few months since we've been in L.A., I've been working for the Academy of Country Music, and the award show was this past Sunday, so I was in Vegas uh, for pretty much a week leading up to the show. So I got there last Sunday, and then I came home this past Monday. And it was crazy. I mean, I could, like, do a whole nother podcast on that yeah. experience, but I'm a big country fan, so I got to be around a lot of my idols. I got to talk to some of them, got to be at VIP at some fun parties and all of that. This girl had, like, the credentials to get into anything, basically. Mm, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, not to toot my own horn. I was working really hard, though. I don't mean yeah, to no, say no, that no. I you wasn't. Yeah, of course. I certainly wasn't abusing my power in any way, but it's definitely nice after a long day when you're still like on the job at an event to be able to escape to the quieter VIP area and watch from a place where there uh, yes. aren't millions <laughs> of drunk people like trying to yeah, jump on stage. I could see that being really annoying in Vegas, like more more so than in LA. Yeah. Just because that's why people go there. Yeah. Also if my voice sounds like raspy or deep, which I, I feel like I don't sound like myself right now, is be- <laughs> it's because I was a little sick um, when I came home, and I'm still kind of getting over it. So. The Academy's got to run down. <laughs> yeah, they do. So when you were in Vegas, you texted the you texted the roommate group chat. Mm-hmm. I'm at Britney's show. Yeah, and so uh, that is what led to this episode being about Ia Girl, the pop princess, Britney Spears. It's Britney, bitch. Woo! Which uh, Allie just to point out is wearing a t-shirt that says Britney bitch which I'm assuming you got after the show before actually before, okay. I'm very did anti- you wear it during the show no no oh. no no <laughs> I had work clothes on it was really funny because access the place it's in um is in planet Hollywood sort of in a roped off area that's like a club entrance almost so everybody who was going to the show was dressed up in like little black dresses and high mm-hmm. heels and I was wearing you wearing a blazer not a blazer, but, like, a conservative skirt and flats and, like, a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked kind of funny. I'm just going to see my idol. <laughs> yeah, because I, I literally ran from work. I didn't know if I was going to be able to go, but I ran from work to the show, which started, they say nine. It started much later than nine, which was good because I was Got able to sneak late, in. Yeah. Um, How long was it? It was, it was a good show. Um <clears throat> Probably more than your average concert, I would say. She probably performed for, like, an hour and a half. Wow. If it started at, like, 9.30, she probably went till about 11. That's pretty good. Yeah. And I know, I, I watched, I forget what exactly um, it was on, but I remember seeing this I short, watched it, too. Do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Yes. Um, there's this very short, not, well, it was a documentary that some... I want to say entertainment, entertainment news. Um, it's like an hour long. Yeah, they yeah. they put it on um, leading up to the the start of the show when she started performing, which was a couple of years ago now that mm-hmm. she's been doing the show for for a while. And um, 
I just remember that she wanted to have this huge tree as part of the set in one section of the show and they made this huge deal about it because does she swing from it or something does it does it move it's just I think it does yeah yeah so that it was I thought it was so interesting because I think the set design and lighting and sound design of concerts is so interesting especially when they're trying to tell a story and stuff and um, shout out to my best, one of my best friends from home, Sonia, who brought me to a uh, Lady Gaga concert, the Monster Ball tour. That was like a concert that really started um, that interest for me. So when I when I heard that you were at the show, I was like, "Tell me everything about the tree." Yeah. Um, I think she does. I don't know. There's a number of really intricate sets, and I'm trying to remember if it's the tree that she swings from, but she definitely swings from something at some point in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the tree is for Toxic. Oh, yes. that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, so if you didn't get it, uh, Allie saw the show, but I did not see the show. Uh, so I will... I'm going to Vegas in a couple weeks with a friend from home, and hopefully... She's performing that weekend? She's I, there I think I looked Wednesday. and she wasn't. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was like, It might be a personal thing. Damn it. She's generally there Wednesday through Saturday. Um, I don't know if she does, like, a couple months at a time. Because mm-hmm. I assume... She must... Like, she I needs assume, the breaks. Like, that must be so hard on her body. I assume Monday through Wednesday afternoon, she's back in L.A. Oh, really? You would think. I mean, she lives primarily here and oh, has Oh, I didn't sons. know that. I don't know. I'm assuming I figured she would... I mean, I'm sure she also has some home in Vegas that she stays at, obviously. Um, I guess I just figured that they, like, move the family over there for the time being since the show is so big. But she also... I was reading this... um, I could be wrong, but... I have no idea. (laughs) I could be wrong, but her Instagram looks like she's in California. She looks like she's in California. There's a lot of grass, isn't... She's on the beach She's a lot. She's in Nevada all desert. It's a desert. I hate the desert. <laughs> uh, but I was reading this year, or I was reading that this year, uh, Brittany announced that the show will be developed soon into a world tour called Brittany Live in Concert. And this is a perfect segue into something that I read a couple hours ago. And that is, there is a story that CNN published today. It's called, it's, the headline is, Israel postpones vote due to Britney Spears concert. Please tell me more. Listen to how insane this is. Um, So the Israeli Labor Party's primary election is in Tel Aviv on July 3rd. And that is the same day that Britney Spears is supposed to perform a concert in the same area Mm. in Tel Aviv. Mm -hmm. And so because of the security and traffic issues, the government said we need to postpone the vote so that people can go to this concert. That's awesome. So they're literally having the vote for that election the following day. Wow. Um, Only Britney Spears could do that, I feel like. Yeah, I want to go to that tour now. Now I'll get to see it again, hopefully. Yeah. I think she switches it up a little bit. Because I was, after the show, I went back and watched some of the numbers. I was kind of sitting to the side, Mm -hmm. which if I were to go again, I would say I would probably pay the money to get better tickets to sit more in the center because I think... How much do you think those would cost? They're probably pretty pricey. But if you went on a weekday and you bought the tickets way in advance, like I... Yeah, you could save money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I was going to be able to go, so I bought my ticket there on the spot. It was probably like 
$110 or something like that. I'd say that's worth it, though. Yeah, no, I really wanted to see it. Um, But I would try to sit more towards the center because I think it's one of those productions where you're missing a lot if you're not watching it kind of straight on. Right, right. It's designed um, for the people. Yeah. And I think just even a lot of the accents and the dancing and whatnot are interpreted differently when you're watching it from a different angle. So, um, You're a former dancer. What yeah. did you What did you think of her dancing? Uh, it's absolutely a dancing show. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this, but Britney <laughs> Spears was never really a singer. She started out dancing. There's many a documentary that shows her dancing. That's how she got on And she's to, always been a great dancer. Yeah, that's how she got onto the Mickey Mouse show. And then somewhere along the line, they said, okay, here's a pretty girl who we can market as a singer, and, you know, she'll make us lots of money. But, I mean, like, I didn't expect her to be singing. And I don't think if you went to any of her shows in the 90s or early 2000s, you expected that either. Like, she was known as being the pop princess lip singer, mm-hmm. you know? Um But the dancing is fabulous, as is she. She looks so good. Like, power to her, you know? She looks phenomenal. I think people like like making fun of her for maybe the rough times that she's gone through, but I see it as being kind of inspirational because I think she's doing really well. She's extremely resilient. Yeah. And I have a clip I'll play later uh, that I think shows that and foreshadows that almost because it's a, a, a bit older it's a couple years old um so what what was like your favorite part of the show um oh if, if you had to pick like one to three well okay so this isn't like let me start by saying this I sat next to this girl who I made really good friends with oh that's great um so my favorite part was probably just like freaking out yeah every yeah time. okay this this is probably my favorite part um Every, every song is, like, reimagined. It's not exactly the way it sounds necessarily on the album. Um, so, you know, it'll start with this weird intro mm-hmm. where maybe she's, like, changing into a different costume. Right, there's and a there's lot of like, costume changes There's, like, the a show. little beat underneath it that leads up to whatever the start of the next song is. Mm-hmm. So I think my favorite part was trying to anticipate and guess, oh, guess what song. <laughs> yeah what was coming next that's cool I do that when we go out I do this move with my yeah with my ear <laughs> actually now that I'm thinking about it though um what's the song she does with will I- oh Britney bitch right will I am that she has multiple songs with him I believe is it oh, I'm trying to think of what what album is it from it's one of her later ones Anyway, it's one of the ones that has, like, an EDM kind of electronic dance music. Oh, Scream and Shout. Oh, Scream and Shout. That's what it is. Correct. Yes. So for that part, they're all dressed in, like, neon colors. Oh, that's so cool. And her dancers come out, and they're in this thing that I think is supposed to look like a really big boombox. But inside the boombox are like spinning circles. Like imagine like, like a, a hamster, hamster wheel. wheel. Yeah. Oh so my they go gosh. and the dancers are like doing flips in it. But then then the they stop, but you can, you as like the viewer can't really tell. So then the dancers are doing like other weird moves in the way like the accents hit with the music and it was like incredible. Oh man. So that, that was, sounds really yeah. cool. I remember really liking that song. Yeah, I'm sure you could probably find a clip of that somewhere on YouTube or something. So we'll look into it. We'll tweet it out if you want to 
check out what that looks like. Or if you want to see the show, go yeah. to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Um, It'd be cool if we could give away a trip to Vegas. Oh, yeah. Tell all your friends to listen it's... to this podcast so we can sell <laughs> ad space and then do that. <laughs> it's a very well-rated show in Vegas. It's, like, one of the top things to go see. Yeah, and that's and why it's going to be a worldwide show. Also, I want to point out, it is a huge theater that she's in. You know when, at least for me, this has been my experience, um, the theater in Buffalo, where I'm from, that they have, um, like, Broadway tours come through is really, really large. And so when I went to my first Broadway show, I was surprised at how small it was because they have to fill the theater every night, so they don't need... And I was kind of expecting this to be the same. No. It was it's huge. really big. Wow. Yeah. How many, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to ask you to, like, make a guesstimate. I, yeah, of... I don't know. Here, I'll look it up right now. Okay. Um, but I was impressed. Yeah. So. I think the biggest uh, arena I've ever been in is MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. And uh, Riley and I saw a cold play there. And we were, we were at the very top. And we were... <laughs> literally eye level with helicopters that's how huge that stadium is i'm sure it's not that level so sam all week leading up to this has been telling me make sure you prepare make sure you do your research <laughs> <clears throat> and right before we started doing this she said like get everything you need together and i looked at her and i said sam i'm a really big taylor swift fan and i said sam what taylor swift is to me now is what Brittany was to me when i was a kid and after I said that, I was waiting until we were talking on the podcast to say this, but it was only when Taylor Swift released 1989 that the number that she surpassed Britney on my iPod as the artist with the most songs on my iPod. Really? Which is a lot, like over 100 songs. Yeah. Because um, Britney's had how many albums so far? We Today, I just wanted to talk about her first five, and maybe we'll do another episode later on down the road of the most recent four. I think she has nine albums. Is that true? Yes. Can you confirm? This I, is part I of the reason why you're stuck with just us today, and we don't have a guest, because Allie is the Britney expert. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I didn't want to have another person on, and you'd be like, mm, no, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would do that. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, do you do you want to just talk a little bit about, um, well, what? how many people can the, uh, the Axis Theater fit? Um, it should say uh, on the side here, maybe. I'm not seeing. Oh, capacity, 75, or, no. So, like, 5,000 people a night. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, how many, let's see. What's, do you know any theaters on Broadway? Any Broadway theaters? I know, like, I think the Beacon Theater is where Hamilton was, or is. I I'm, can't confirm that. Okay, so that's. That's half. That's it's half. Yeah. Okay. Just to put it in perspective. Okay, I see what you mean. So it's it's a huge theater. It's not a stadium or an arena. No, I no, it's not seen an arena, a show but, in Vegas before. Yeah, but hopefully soon. Yeah. So, uh, so I just wanted to start off with: Can we do like a little bit, like very short Britney bio, like a little in case you missed it, just like you know where she was born, what year, blah blah, Mickey Mouse thing. Do you want to do that first? Um, sure. She was born and raised in Louisiana, and uh, that's where her roots are. That's where her family is. Um, 
she got on the Mickey Mouse show at a fairly young age. Yeah, and I think she was she was 12, right? <clears throat> yep, and it's because she was a dancer. Like, that was primarily why she was chosen. And then, I mean, I kind of said this before, you know, I don't know the specifics, but somewhere along the line, they decided to market her as a pop star, and it worked out. And you know who had a hand in that that I was reading about? Guess. Guess the songwriter, producer guy who... Oh, you know who this yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the guy who writes, like, every pop song with other radio? His name is Max Martin. Yeah. And he's it. a Swedish songwriter and producer, I think. Um, at least he has some type of... He contributes in some way to the production of pop music. She went to record her first album in 1999. She went to Sweden to do it with him. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was Baby One More Time. But we'll get to that later. Back to Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Britney's 12, great dancer. Yeah. I know Justin Timberlake was also on that show. Justin Timberlake, Ryan Gosling, um, uh, a lot of of young singers. Was Christina Aguilera? Christina Aguilera, yep. Who could obviously out-sing, but still (laughs) got at a table. Um, (laughs) J.C. Chazet. Also of NSYNC. Yeah, some big stars. Oh, it says here she oh. was actually born in Mississippi, in Mississippi. Raised in Louisiana. Oh. Okay. I got something So wrong. she's a southern gal. Mm-hmm. Through and through. Correct. So I guess that covers pretty much her childhood. She was, she's been in the spotlight for most of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, so now let's get into the pop star days <laughs> which have not ended and never will <laughs> yes in 1997 britney wanted to be in a pop group called innocence mm-hmm. and her manager lou perlman was her manager at the time um she was talking to him she was like i really want to do this blah 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 pop groups were what was the biggest thing at the time you know backstreet boys nsync was on the rise and spice girls were probably more popular than both of them um at least in a global sense and so we also had like 3lw and yeah yeah the list goes on and on but groups were the big thing and it was actually britney's mom who had a friend who was an entertainment lawyer his name is larry rudolph she just asked him for his opinion on uh, Britney's talents and singing and so he sent uh, she sent him some tapes and videos and pictures and things and he said that uh, he wanted to pitch her to record labels as a solo artist and so he did that and after being rejected from several labels she was signed to Jive Records yes that kind of is what set her on the path towards being a pop star so then From March to April in 1998, she went to Stockholm, Sweden, to work with Max Martin and a couple other producers. That basically made her first album, which is Baby Baby One One More More Time. Time. Notable singles. Uh, Baby One More Time. Of course. Um, Soda Pop. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And we can't stop. You drive me crazy, yeah. 
Email My Heart, yeah. I liked Email My oh, Heart. Oh, sometimes. I always forget about how much I love that song. Yeah. And then I hear it, and I'll be singing it for the next four days now. <laughs> sometimes I run. One thing I learned about what Baby One More Time is that... Sometimes I'm scared you. Did she I can't sing it in the show? Right now. No, you know what? That's one she didn't do. I feel like she just did the hits. Did she do, do anything more than just the hits? Uh... Come on, she's got a lot of hits. So I know. I wrote down the hits from the first five albums, and there's at least 20 She songs. didn't. You know what she didn't do in this I really was upset about? She didn't do Lucky. Oh. Well, it's kind of a sad song when I you know, like, look at it. <laughs> I feel like that needed its... I don't know. I, I yeah, feel like it I, needed to be done. I would have liked and it. And I feel like you could have staged it so it was a big show. You That's know? true. We we have done Lucky as karaoke before, right? Have we? I don't think... I feel like maybe we've talked about it. You know what? I I, it was probably had. just a dream that I had. <laughs> well, we'll have to do that next time we go out. Oh, man. The song Baby One More Time was originally written for TLC. And they decided mm. to pass on it because they didn't like the lyrics. Also, that video, which was... Would you say it's her most popular music video of all time? Baby One More Time? I'm going to come at this biasly because That's true. I That's know true. what's most popular to me. Probably. I think if you were going to dress up as Britney Spears for Halloween, you would probably go as... School, school, school girl, girl Britney, Britney which yeah. has the braids, the crop shirt, and the skirt. That's a great idea. <laughs> Next October. You know what? I wanted to be Britney Spears every year for Halloween from like age 6 to age maybe 10 oh, or 11. I totally wanted to be Britney Spears. And, but... The kids' costume was, like, a crop top and, like, bell-bottoms, and my parents were always very against me showing too much skin, so... One year for Halloween, because I wanted to be... I wanted to... I actually... I did dress up as a pop star one year, but the, um... It was a crop shirt, and it had, like, the uh, tights material mm-hmm. that went around, like, your... Oh. It covered your stuff. That would a smart sound. <laughs> and it made me look tan, because mm. I'm a very pale person. But that music video was shot in Venice High School. Oh, in here Venice, in California? California. Yeah, I think that makes sense because they're uh, it's it's one of those uh, types of high schools where the hallways are sort of outside. Is it? Yeah, I think so. I'll have to rewatch it. I'm when pretty I sure. Found that out. I was like, oh my god, we were. I was in Venice like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I think. I I haven't watched it in a while, but we'll, we'll go back and watch it. Though. Yeah. Um, and I always like the song Email My Heart because it reminds me of the simpler email days. And but you know what? Email, email was such a <laughs> new thing then. Yeah, and that's why I think it's just so funny Like when you look back at her music. And, you know, people, in, people did not have cell phones in 1999. At least yeah. teenagers didn't. She was 17 when this album came out, right? Correct. She was very young. So, email my heart. I think it's endearing. Mm -hmm. If you've never listened to it, go listen to it. Mm -hmm. So, clearly, during the first album, Britney had, like, this killer body. Mm -hmm. She was 17, and she worked out a lot. And I learned that she used to be the coordinator when she was 12 for the aerobics classes at her dad's gym. I was about to say, my dad saw on some TV show when I was young that her dad made her do something like 
500, a workout. <laughs> like, 500 crunches every morning before she could eat breakfast or I don't know. At some point in the day, she had to do 500 crunches, and that was part of her daily routine. And, you know, my dad <laughs> he made you making do me running around. Weird shit. Yeah. Um, he didn't make me do it, but he kind of said it in a way, like, <laughs> you should be doing this. Because I was, knew you loved Britney. And I was really young. I was probably, like, six or seven. And I was like, what do you mean, Dad? Yeah. In 99, we were four years old. Mm-hmm. I did not own this first album. I owned uh, Britney's second album, Oops, Oops I, I Did, did it, it Again. Again. So, yeah, Oops, I Did It Again was the first Britney album that I purchased. I was with my dad at Target. Mm-hmm. I remember it vividly. He was really good at keeping me up on the, like, hot on the pop trends. Yeah, he was watching MTV. <laughs> Yeah, bought me the, the Harry Potter books. The album came out the the following year, so it came out in two thousand. Right, and then I think shortly after I bought that, that's when I went back and got the first one to complement it. But that Oops, I Did It Again was the first Britney album that I owned as well. I think my parents Actually, bought it for me because they heard the it was first, popular. Because I don't remember going to get it. The first album in general that I ever owned. I think I had owned two Backstreet Boys albums. Millennium was one of them. Also on that one. And then this album. I remember those were the first, like, three CDs I had. And then we got a boombox, and I would play them and dance around my house. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What was your favorite song on this one? On Oops, I Did Again, I think um, Oops, I Did Again is obviously a great song. Like, the music video is incredible and I always wanted to do that as a Halloween costume. <laughs> yeah. Which is like the orange slick, red orangey red jumpsuit oh. and she plays kind of Britney plays like an alien and also. there is um there's like a an astronaut which by the way the astronaut in the music the guy who plays the astronaut in the music video his name is Eli Swanson. He is now a trauma surgeon in Phoenix. Beautiful. Fun fact for you there. Um First of all, I want to point out that I did not realize that that was a reference to Titanic until maybe late in my high school career. The music video? Yeah, when she says, oh, I thought the old lady dropped, dropped it in, in the, the ocean, ocean in the end. Well, baby, I went, went down, down and got it for, for you. you. Oh, you shouldn't have. They didn't do that part in the show, and I was so upset about uh. it. That's that was maybe my one qualm with it is that because they kind of remix everything, you do lose. They, yeah, they changed the original yeah. songs. But was that your favorite song? No, I was gonna say my favorite song from that album was probably Stronger, mm-hmm. just because um, I just think it's like a great. It's just a great message. Yeah, no, loved it. And I would honestly, I I teach body pump classes at school which is like a weightlifting class and sometimes I would play that song as people were like packing their stuff up Whenever I hear putting it, their equipment away and I everyone love, was like are you kidding I'm like no I'm not you're stronger now when I I love doing that clap clap yeah yeah yesterday yeah. now there's nothing but a way um so that was probably my favorite from this album which when I was listening to it I was in, I think I was in kindergarten. Do, were we in kindergarten in 2000? It was either yeah, the last six, year preschool I was six years or, old. or in kindergarten. Yeah. And so, um... I really liked Can't Make You Love Me. I think because my cousin and I 
put together a little dance routine to it. Oh, okay. But I just loved how she was very blunt about being like, I'm just a girl with a uh, crush on, on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one was good. I also liked uh, Don't Go Knocking on My Door. Yes. Oh, I forgot that was a good one, too. Gotta stay away for sure. Dun, dun. Same and then, of course, days. Lucky is on that album, too. Yeah. So that one's just a classic. And, um, yeah, I didn't realize how sad that was until years later, obviously, because, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really understand the lyrics of music. I don't, I was never even singing any song correctly until probably 2006. The first song I ever Googled the lyrics to was 1985 by Bowling for Soup. Fun fact. (laughs) Um... Yeah, Lucky was a pivotal moment for Britney. It was the first music video that she didn't dance in. That's true, yeah. She just, she's an actress in it, kind of. Right. She plays an actress and, and she I acts think, in it, obviously. And I think seeing the music video was what brought to light the lyrics for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know how old, I mean, I was probably, again, six or seven. Um, yeah, it is kind of sad. I love the beginning, the, when that guy calls her. He's like, hey, Brit, I was just thinking about... <laughs> this is, you know, flashback to early 2000s when every album had, like, the interludes. With where... just people whispering or talking. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hey, Brit, I was thinking about that movie we saw last night. She had all that money and all that fame, and she still wasn't happy. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that make a cool song? Dun. 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 This is a story about a girl named Lucky. <laughs> That's how the which, if you haven't she listened to all them. these albums, you definitely should, because it's just a huge part of pop culture and oh, yes. our childhoods as millennials. Yes. Uh, the next, Are we going album by album? I'm going album by album. album. So the next one is, again, a year later. So she's, like, cranking out this music. And so 2001, she releases Britney. and the, bold. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. The notable songs from that album, I think, were I'm a Slave for You. Mm-hmm. which made an iconic performance at the VMAs that year. Um, with the snake. That's the one with the snake, yes. yeah. And uh, the next... I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Yes, that's another one. And I love rock and roll. I love rock and roll, originally written by Alan Merrill of the Arrows, but made famous by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts mm-hmm. in 1982. Um, and the song Overprotected, I liked that song because... When I was a kid, I had, uh, do you remember Hit Clips? Mm-hmm. I had a Hit Clip that was shaped like a little boombox, and it played, I had one of the things that played just that song. That is... It played, like, 30 seconds of the song, and I was like, this is so cool. This is before iP- iPods, guys. Like, I did not have another way of listening to music other than CDs mm-hmm. and radio, because cassette tapes were out by then. Right. So, Britney Spears's movie Crossroads was almost as if it was like a long um, music video for this album because mm-hmm. every song kind of has its place in the movie and Overprotected, if you own the DVD, as I do, <laughs> is the song that plays on the title menu when you, you know, like press play, press play yeah. for the movie. So it goes, action! Um, duh, 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 say yeah. hello! Yeah. Do the girl. And then I am. Yeah. Um... See, I still haven't seen Crossroads, yeah, so maybe so the next Britney, uh, the next Britney episode, will start with that, and then we'll finish with the last four albums, <laughs> or maybe five <laughs> if she gets, she releases another one. Maybe, um, but yeah, I feel like 
maybe I felt some sort of special connection to that album because the movie complemented it so well. Right. Um, although I will say I didn't see the movie much later in life because, again, I was like six or seven years old when it came out and it was PG-13. Yeah, I think that's why I had never seen it. It was mature content at that time for that age, you know, for her fans who were younger. Um, and my parents wouldn't let me see it. I specifically remember watching the Today Show and Katie Couric, who I was a big fan of, saying that she wouldn't let her six-year-old daughter see it. And I was like, Katie, I love you. Why are you killing me right now? I have to see this movie. <laughs> Two idols as a kid. Britney Spears, <laughs> Katie Couric. Um, but, what diverse interests here. <laughs> yeah. But eventually, yeah, I don't know, got it from Blockbuster or something. Yeah, yeah. And then I found it at a garage sale couple years later and that's why i now own it that's in the that's how it got in the collection yep there we go um that movie was written by none other than the shonda rhimes really yeah i can see that because it's it's like a female if you don't know shonda rhimes created Grey's anatomy scandal and that new show is it called catch is it the so. catch or something like that? I think so. T- if you if you're aware of a TGIT, thank God it's Thursday. Those are all Shonda Rhimes shows. So like she's the showrunner of all these amazing TV shows, and she wrote Crossroads. Amazing. I yeah no I can definitely see that. Great. I don't know if it was her debut, but Zoe, what's her name? Zoe from Saldana. Her, yes, I never know how to say her last mm-hmm. name. But she's I, in it. I believe that's how you say it, but I'm not sure. She's in it and plays like an 18 year old. Basically, do you know the premise of the movie? I know the premise of the movie from doing my research, from doing my homework. Um, it's about three high school students driving across the country yeah. to Los Angeles and they kind of deal with. They, they, the movie talks about different it's coming of issues. Age. Yeah, so they yeah, talk about leaving your parents. Yeah. Um, what's another theme in the movie? virginity <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i mean it's not it's not graphic in any way but obviously no, but they bring up these topics as a as a, a teenager that's like something that comes about right um but yeah these three friends they're best friends when they're kids and then they kind of go their separate ways and they're all take different kind of paths of life in high school and then they end up on this trip together after graduation um so it's really good i mean i think it was written, I think, probably to, you know, be Britney's sort of breakout role. Mm-hmm. I'm not a girl, I'm not yet a woman. Yeah. Apparently, a bunch of writers kept giving her scripts, because she said, like, I want to make a movie, and she was a big part of it, obviously, as a star and in other ways, and uh, they kept giving her scripts, and she was like, I don't really like any of these, and then one of the producers was like, well, if you come up with your own idea, we can have a writer work with you and mm-hmm. help, like, make the movie, and so that's what she did. She came up with the idea, I think, for three friends to do a cross-country road trip to LA, yeah. and then Shonda Rhimes wrote the script. I think she's a fairly good actress, too. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, Why don't we take a break, we'll make some drinks, mm-hmm. and then when we come back... We'll talk about the last two albums we want to talk about today, which are In the Zone and Blackout. And we'll talk a little bit about Britney's breakdown in 2008. Mm-hmm. Every 20 minutes, a podcast ad gets skipped over by an unwilling listener. But Delayed Reactions brings hope to podcast advertisements in need. 
Thanks to the support of businesses like yours, Delayed Reactions will advertise your product or service in return for money. They accept cash, check, PayPal, and Venmo, and all proceeds will become bar money until this podcast gets big enough to actually equate to something. Help ensure that no product, service, or business goes unadvertised. Contact Delayed Reactions today. Email them at delayedreactionspodcast at gmail.com. This is Delayed Reactions. Should we go? Yes, we are good to go. <clears throat> okay, so should we should we say what our drinks are? Yeah. Okay, so the drinks we are drinking tonight. Um, is, the title of this drink is brought to you by Kate Sazowski, copyright 2017. Uh, cheers. It is called Oops Sky Did It Again. Because the base alcohol, the drink, is Sky Infusions Pineapple Vodka. So there's a shot of that in there. And then there is probably like a shot's worth of, do you pronounce this Zico or Zyko? I don't know. Coconut Z- water. Zico coconut water. It doesn't water. matter. Any Whatever coconut water. coconut water tickles your fancy. And then there's a splash of Minute Maid Premium Tropical Punch. Premium tropical punch. So that that that's what goes in the. It's tasty. Uh, oops, Sky did it again. <laughs> Tipsy bartenders over here. So I wanted to say that. Yes, you have a going thought. back to album number one, baby one more time. Right. I had a T-shirt when I was a kid that. Uh, it wasn't. I don't think it was the cover of an, the album, but it was the same sort of like album art maybe um that went with the theme of like the font in the picture and all of that mm-hmm. and I used to wear it to bed like every night <laughs> <laughs> because it was like really big on me so I, I used to wear it as like a nightgown sort of thing and I totally forgot about it until this past weekend being at the award show um being in Vegas for the award show there were a lot of country stars uh that went to the Britney show oh yeah over the weekend and Jesse James Decker, who is a up-and-coming uh, country star in her own right. She's also married to Eric Decker, hot What's her most wide popular receiver. Um, I would say her most... Well, right now, Gold is the title of her EP that is was most recently released. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say Boys in the Summer. Uh, I think I probably. know one song by her. Or... Tear up in a mess, cut off jeans, can you get with that? Give us a... Yeah, Wanted. So that one, too. Yeah, that's the song that I know. She was was really there to do, like, red carpet stuff, which was fun. She was hosting? Um, She hosted... She was one of the hosts on the red carpet, for which was um, on Twitter. But anyway, my point is, uh, she posted a bunch of videos at the show wearing that t-shirt. Ah, was the like, same oh. one? Yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. Um, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. And uh, so that was maybe Saturday night. Friday night, Chris Lane went to the show. Um, if you don't know who Chris Lane is, uh, he, again, is a country singer. He's currently popular on country radio for his rendition of, is it Omarion, who sings, Let me love you, show me your affection. I, I think it's Omarion. 
Yeah. That's what, yeah. Yeah, it's Omarion. Omarion. Yes. No, oh, it's no. Mario. Ma- Mario. Mario. I, sorry, I say Mario because I'm from Jersey. Darn. It's Mario. Sorry, Mario. Okay, well, the, early that, 2000s those, those are easy. Those are easy names to yeah. confuse because Omarion has the name Mario, Mario in, in it. it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so Chris Lane, country singer, again, someone who's a little bit more up and coming, not totally, um, you know, super famous yet. Anyway, there is a part in the Vegas show um, when she sings her song Freak Show, which comes on a later later album, um, and she picks a male out of the audience to come on stage. No. And basically... basically, (laughs) Did she lap dance? No. Oh, did I not tell you about this? No, no. Basically, she gets them down on the ground and makes them crawl. Oh, my God. She, like, hits them with a... (laughs) With a whip. <laughs> no. Yeah, and so she picked Chris Lane out of the audience. Oh my god. And did that to what him. What an honor. <laughs> he loved it. He posted about it on Instagram. Oh my Instagram. god, that would be so cool. That would be like the coolest video to, to post. He and be like, actually, I'm in the show. He's kind of, so Chris Lane's kind of known for being like an Instagram whore. Like he, he thinks he's really hot. He's like a good looking guy, but it's definitely debatable how cool he really is. And uh, I was watching his Instagram story on Monday after he got back to Nashville from the award show. And he was, like, clearly very hungover. He was like, Vegas, you won. You got the best of me. And then, like, after he thought about it a little bit, he posted another video on a story. And he was like, but now that I think about it, Britney Spears pulled me on stage. So maybe I won. <laughs> but you have to watch the video. It is so funny. That's good. Yeah. Oh, man. That would be so cool to just be like, hey, I want you to be in my show. Yeah. I mean, she literally... Uh, it's a little degrading. She literally just... Well, I'm assuming It's that, all part of the act. And I'm assuming she like, probably yeah. sends somebody out into the audience to pick for her yeah, so like that she doesn't have to think about it. Um, but... As far, in terms of my knowledge, I don't think the person ever knows it's them who's going to be pulled up on stage. Mm -hmm. Maybe somebody asks them, like, would you go along with this if we did it, like, a song before, but, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I wish I, I mean, I could Jesse James have the same shirt, and Chris Lane got in the show. Yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah. I was actually going to ask, what do you think, um... What do you think it would be like if Britney had never become a pop star and instead she was a country singer? I think about this, I mean, I don't want to say often, but it's something that has definitely crossed my mind before. Because she's a southern girl and her sister is now releasing country music, right? Yeah, I don't know if she would have, if that career would have ever happened for her because she, again, she's not really a singer. She's Mm -hmm. a dancer who they just marketed as a singer. Um... So I don't know if that would have worked out, uh, but I don't know. I think at her roots, she's a really cute little Southern belle, so it, it would be interesting to see what her life would be like otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. So let's jump back into her music now. Um, the next album she released after her self-titled album in 2001 was In the Zone in 2003. Mm-hmm. And um, the the songs I know the best from this album are Toxic, which mm-hmm. is just a classic, and Every Time, which is not as popular just because it's not a classic, like, dance pop hit. Um, 
But I, I said that Me Against the Music, which features Madonna, is also a big song. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it until recently, though. Uh, yeah, no, I knew that one well. It's a very, like, sexy music video. They're in this club, like, they don't kiss, but it was right after they... Was the VMAs that they kissed I think it was stage. the VMAs, yeah. It was right after they... So, it, the music video was like... Shit Ooh. goes down with the VMAs. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, it wasn't a popular track, but I always think of her song she has with the Yin Yang Twins. Oh, yeah, album. yeah. I listened to that. Yeah. Okay, so, looking back on it now, I actually enjoy it a lot more than I did, but this was the first album where I was kind of mature enough to understand, to a certain extent, some of the things that she was saying and doing, mm-hmm. and I think it was... At this time, Signific- we were in third or fourth grade. Yeah, and I think it was, like, significantly more graphic, um, at least from my perspective. Um, I mean, if you look at the toxic music video alone. So I was I was actually really upset with this album when I was first listening to it, because I was like, she's going down the wrong path, this is so bad, like, my role model, what's going on? And you could realize that as, like, a... Yeah. Let's see, if you're in third grade, what are you, like, I, eight years yeah, old? Yeah, eight. Um, this is a true story. I found some website that had an email address on it that said, this is Britney Spears' email address. Of course, I'm sure it didn't go to her, <laughs> but I was young and dumb, and so I composed an email. We've all tried to email a celebrity. <laughs> Eight-year-old Allie composed an email saying, like, I'm so upset about this. <laughs> like, that's so cute. <laughs> oh, my God. Dear Brittany, I love you, but I really don't like the direction you're going with your music <laughs> career. And I also, <laughs> I also remember um, knowing so what funny. I wanted to say, but not being able to spell the words oh to say it. Oh, my God. So I kept, like, having to rewrite it in ways that made me sound really dumb and naive, which I was, obviously. <laughs> um, and I don't know if I ever sent it to a random email address, but... You it drafted was... it. That's all the counts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I, what I, you're reminding me of... Um, I, I really stopped listening to Britney Spears, I think, when Britney came out. Because mm-hmm. I had the second album. I had Oops, I Did Again. And then um, when I was growing up, I would just like strictly listen to the radio and for a while it was radio disney and then it was z100 which broadcasts from tribeca in new york and i think that somebody there deemed certain britney songs like too sexy and i think that's why i didn't know them so like i didn't know i'm a slave for you until years later i didn't know toxic until years later um I think I knew I'm not a girl, not yet a woman, just because that's not as provocative. But, you know, I I really didn't know the music from In the Zone until I was probably in fifth grade or in middle school. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just for that reason. So that's why, that's part of the reason why I had to go back and listen to everything in the past couple days, because I just hadn't ever listened to the song with the Yin Yang Twins. I didn't know that existed. (laughs) Yeah. I think I was, like, very upset about that. Because I was so against rap music as a young <laughs> child. I just, you know. It's very different from pop. Well, and also at the time, I feel like the style was so different. I feel like it was just much angrier. Like, you definitely didn't have the chances or the Drakes 
It, um, yeah, I would I would agree that it was different, especially if you were listening to what was playing on the radio. It was probably what like Eminem, Fifty Cent, exactly, exactly. Ludacris was maybe like, well, yeah. So he raps a lot about women. <laughs> yeah. So to me, it was just it was a lot. I didn't know what to make of it. Yeah. Um, I think you can also hear the difference in the music uh, that she makes, starting from, I think, in in the zone was kind of like this transition to a more electronic, like, yeah. overproduced uh, pop dance songs that she had. I also have a theory that um, the song Every Time was possibly a cry for help. What do you think? I mean, I think you're giving her a lot of credit if you think that she wrote <laughs> yeah, that she probably song. Did. Yeah, she didn't write it. <laughs> um, she does drown herself in the music video. Jesus. Um, yeah, that upset me. <laughs> <laughs> That's another reason why. Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out what, what exactly the timeline is for Britney's breakdown, as I have seen it been uh, dubbed as... And I think it was a combination of a lot of things. And I think one thing that contributed to it a lot was that she's, like, a sweet southern girl that people commercialized and turned into a sex object. Absolutely. And just... If you ...produced, like, like they were... She had an album every year for three years in a row. And then she took, like, one year break. And then she had another one, like... Yeah. She's overworked. If you ever listen to her talk, she sounds to me like someone who would be so easy to manipulate. To like, she seems very fragile. Um, you know, she seems like someone who feels emotions very deeply. And I just feel like the way, you know, if you hear her speak, if you hear her in an interview... I feel like she's much deeper than these sexualized songs, and they the two characters just don't really go together. Mm-hmm. She's got her performing persona, and then her right every day in an interview, yeah, walking the right. Like carpet. if you ever watched, uh, it was it the X Factor that she was a judge on, correct? Yes. Um, it always seemed to me like she was almost scared to critique people. You know, she was definitely the nice judge. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think she's much softer than people maybe realize. And, I mean, rightly so after being, you know, going through so much in one lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, so, going through so much, those those things were in the span between In the Zone and the next album, Blackout, which came out in October of 2007, she had been dating Justin Timberlake, and they broke up, and he released the song Cry Me a River, and it was obviously, like, a huge hit, and everyone thinks that it's about Britney. A lot of people in the media were telling her that she was too sexy, because at the time, she was, like, 20. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then... On January 3rd, 2004, she went to Vegas and married her childhood friend, Jason Alexander, only to have the wedding annulled within 55 hours. Yeah. So that happened. And then, in the same year, she met Kevin Federline, got engaged three months after meeting him at a club, 
and he had recently broken up with his longtime girlfriend. No, he was one of her backup dancers. Wasn't I he? think I think he was a backup dancer, but I don't know if he was a backup dancer for her. Can oh. we can we look that up? Yeah. Um, but either way, he he met he met Brittany. They started dating, and within three months they were engaged. But Kevin had recently broken up with this other actress he had been dating, Char Jackson, and he had a child with her, and then another one was on the way. So it was just this, like, perfect shitstorm for the media and every tabloid magazine to just blow up, and people ate that shit up. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that started this sort of downward spiral and people taking advantage of her and judging her for literally every single thing that she would do and if you watch old interviews she is really sweet and she seems like she'd be a really nice person yeah (laughs) there was there was an oprah interview from i want to say 2001 or two and um oprah was telling Brittany how uh, all the producers of her show were really happy that she was so nice because they have people who come on their show, like these A-list celebs who are like, I want towels with this many thread counts. I want my water heated to this temperature. And I want carrots that are sliced in Juliet form. and Or yeah, Julienne no. is what it's called. And she was just so easy. And, and she's just a cute little southern girl. Yeah, she's just like, I mean, I'm just a regular person. I just go and perform, so whatever. So they were just complimenting that yeah. she was so nice. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of those things contributed to her breakdown in... Um, in, in 2008. In 2008, yeah. So she had checked into rehab... Um, Actually, I have the information here. She had checked into rehab um, in 2007, and she posted a letter on her website in May explaining what happened, and she said, Recently, I was sent to a very humbling place called rehab. I truly hit rock bottom. Till this day, I don't think that it was alcohol or depression. I was like a bad kid running around with ADD. I had a manager from a long time ago come in and try to direct me and my life after I got my divorce. She continues, I was so overwhelmed. I think that I was in a little shock too. I didn't know who to go to. I realized how much energy and love I had put into my past relationship when it was gone because I genuinely did not know what to do with myself and it made me so sad. I confess I was so lost. So this poor girl just has this emotional breakdown. And you know what? Actually, I want to play this clip for you. This was recorded before the breakdown. This is an interview with Matt Lauer on NBC from Dateline. What do you think it'll take to get the paparazzi to leave you alone? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Is that one of your biggest wishes? <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I would like for them to leave me alone. If you could talk to them as individuals, not as a group, what would you say to them? I would just say that 
you have babies at home and you have <laughs> you have a wife and if you don't you have to realize that we're people and that we need to, we just need privacy and we need our respect and and those are things that you have to have as a human and yet as upset as it makes you 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 wouldn't trade your life now it seems I that seems strange for some people to understand if they're making you this miserable how can you still say but I'm lucky because I have to believe that I'm here for a reason what's the reason I don't know I keep searching every day just like you do but I'm so blessed with my baby that's the happiest thing that's ever like a miracle you know um, but I just want the most normal life possible for him that's all is that possible I will manage I will create that higher fences bigger gates I mean how are you gonna do that Brittany there's always a way where there's a will there is a way you have to believe yeah, see, she's just a cute little Southern belle. Yeah. And I love how... And this was before she... So, Matt Lauer asked her, like, okay, how's your marriage? And she says that it's fine. So, this is pre-divorce from okay. Kevin. And also before she had her second child. She's pregnant right. in this video. Which, they were only born less than a year apart. Yeah, like, I was going like, to say, they look like... It's like it 354 like days or something. Yeah. Irish twins. <laughs> yeah, they're, it's like just under a year. Or maybe it's just over, but it's mm. basically a year. Almost exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to add, and this was something I saw in that documentary we were talking about earlier. This just speaks to about her. About the show? Not about the show. No. Just just speaking um, to her being someone who's, you know, a kind soul and means well, mm -hmm. as we, you know, see in this. Right. Um, she makes some comment in the documentary that she has this quote in her bathroom that says it's like on her mirror or above a door something that she sees every day so mm. she's reminded of it um and it says go beyond reason to love for it's the only safety and I don't know that just it when I heard her say that it just struck something in me and I remember writing it in my journal and this was not long ago this was mm. like you know within the past few years um and I just think that's so beautiful. Yeah, that's a nice message yeah. to see every day. Yeah. Um, I have one more question for you. Mm -hmm. What do you think would have happened if Brittany and Justin Timberlake had stayed together this whole time? I wasn't thinking about this specifically, but I was thinking about whether or not Justin had been to her Vegas show um, when I was at the show. I because she looks there. really good. Yeah. Um, I mean... I also really love Jessica Biel, and I think they're happy together. I think... I would hope that her life actually maybe would have been a little bit more stable. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, but obviously they broke up for a reason, and, you know, that reason was probably somewhere along the lines of them not totally being the perfect match for one another. Um, but I love that he's also a Southern dude, too. Mm -hmm. He's from Memphis? Memphis, yeah. Right. Yeah, I feel like it would have changed things, but... I would... They, there's no way they would have worked out in the end, right? 
I don't know. I want to say I feel like they would, but they didn't. So I feel like maybe that's an irrelevant argument to make. That's true. Um, I mean, I really liked them when they were together. Except for that one time when they wore all denim. <laughs> no, I think they were good. <laughs> um, if you ever need a couple's Halloween costume idea. I mean, I would... There you go. I would assume that there's currently a lot of respect for one another um, in that relationship as it is now. And I think that's really wonderful. And I don't know what else there is to say beyond that. So, um, before Britney's... Uh, breakdown in 2008 which was like we discussed uh, caused by a bunch of different factors she released the album Blackout and that was right this was this was after was this did this come out before was this her comeback album Uh, yes okay so she had the breakdown before this was released well actually now that I'm thinking about it no probably not let me see Wait, I also wanted to say that one song that I really do love on In The Zone, though, is Brave New Girl. Have you ever heard it? Um, she's a brave new girl. I have heard it because I listen to all of these. Tonight. She's gonna step outside. That's like a pretty empowering song, which I really love. Um, Touch of My Hand. I never thought about this as a kid. I only realized it at the show because the girl I made friends with who was standing next to me said it to me. It's literally about her masturbating, which <laughs> I never thought of. Well, of course not, when you're, like, a kid. Yeah, When did this course. come out? 2003? Yeah. I don't think. But it, I knew what masturbation was when I was a third grader, so. No, no, no. <laughs> but the lyric is, um, the main lyric is, the more I come to, okay, um, Another day without a lover, the more I come to understand the touch of my hand. There you go, folks. There you have it. And the girl, like, leaned over to me and she's like, isn't that just great? She doesn't need a man. Like, <laughs> isn't it crazy? This song's about her masturbating. And I was like, what? Wait a second. Oh my god. Yeah, so sorry if I ruined that for you guys. It was really hurt me a little bit. No, but you should again, just go listen to the song. Again, with this album being really overly sexual yes yeah um so blackout blackout let's talk about that that came out in october 2007 and i think this was after she got out of rehab but before she shaved her head so it depends on where you define the breakdown where where you i think most people define it her shaving her head which I don't think is fair, honestly. No. So what happened was she... People cut their and hair this, all the time. This was um, the Rolling Stone cover story in 2008 um, in one of their issues. She went into a salon to get a haircut, and she told the stylist, I want to cut off my hair. And it was brown at the time. And the stylist was like, I, I don't think I can do that. Because she was saying, I want to cut off all my hair. And she's like, I don't think I can do that. So she just took the um the razor i remember seeing the pictures yeah she just took the razor and she did it herself and there were uh, there at this point in her life there were paparazzi following her everywhere she went unless she was at home which she had like a security detail like living at her house in order to make sure that she was safe and even then there were helicopters flying over her house trying to get pictures and stuff so there were all these paparazzi outside of the salon and they got shots of this as soon as it happened. Yeah, it was safe to say that 
uh, she needed to take a break for her mental health. Yeah. And that is so important. And I think now more than ever, celebrities are, like, understanding that. And clearly Britney was overworked and manipulated. And she's vulnerable in this state. And everyone just made a huge deal about this. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite song on the album? On Blackout, um, I really only know the first four songs and then, um, and then Freak Show. So the first four songs are Gimme More, Piece of Me, Radar, and Break the Ice. And I think out of those, my favorite is probably Piece of Me. Just because I like the lyrics of it a lot. Yeah. She's like, you want a piece of me? Yeah, you no, can't. I totally it. agree. And I think my favorite lyric of the whole song is when she says, um, I miss it, she's too big, now she's too thin. You wanna Because it's like me. that's 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 literally that's ex- the media. That's what she grew up in. Exactly. And that's so sad. But it's like every like you can't be perfect. No. You're one way and they say that's wrong, you're the other way and they say that's wrong. So and Khloe Kardashian went through that recently, too. Yeah. Because she got super into health and fitness and, you know, was working her butt off in the gym, lost some weight, and now everyone's like, and now she looks anorexic. It's like, no, now she's stronger and healthy. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, calm your tits. You can't make anyone happy. I know. I like the lyric about how she's working and being a mama. Mm-hmm. Because I think that. Uh, is important too for wait let me look especially young mothers to know that um like it's hard to do it all but that it's possible absolutely now interesting do you know off the top of your head this is something else i'll have to look up um when did jamie lynn have her uh baby in uh, all of this let's see yes that, that was another sure thing did that contributed not help. yes uh so jamie lynn was 16 when she was uh when she made it known to the world that she was pregnant with her boyfriend at the time. I don't believe they're still together. Um, and I think it was shortly after she had divorced Kevin. Okay. I believe that's where it falls somewhere in, in this timeline. Um, so yeah, clearly that didn't help either. So yeah, she took a couple years off, and then the next album that came out was, what, Circus? Yes. And that was in... They still gonna put pictures in my derriere in the mess. Was that in 2008, Circus? It was... Yeah. Yeah, 2008. Wow. So... That's crazy. She just, this girl is just nonstop. I mean, again, it's. But we'll get to we'll get to that in another. It's episode. more of her just being the doll that people are dressing up and, you know. Yeah. Not necessarily her genuine self, and mm. I'm not blaming her for that in any way, shape, or form. I have a lot of respect for her, but. She certainly wasn't writing all of this music and actively choosing this lifestyle, Mm -hmm. I think. No. I think it was a lot of pressure from a lot of outside people. A lot of articles I read talked about um, how her behavior in real life, like where she would be photographed, what she was doing, 
um, when Blackout came out was extremely different from the music and the lyrics. Yeah. Because, you know, it was about being sexy and clubbing and meeting guys and, like, owning your body. And she was, you know, pregnant and then she had her child and then she was seen shaving her head and, like, beating a car with an umbrella. And so this just, yeah, this just also contributed to... People just making fun of her. I was in also gonna say, to no end. aside from you know, obviously being worked to death and the side effects of being in the limelight, like she was never, she was never like Justin Bieber, where she was like actively trying to piss off people, and you know what I mean. Like she never was super rebellious. What do you mean? How do I say this? I don't know. She never did anything outside of being her regular pop star self that would make someone say, like, oh, that's a... She's, like, a really bad influence. Do you understand what I'm saying? I think so. Like, you mean, like, drugs and alcohol? uh, Yeah, I guess. I mean, no. Because she did. No, because she did. Um... I think another thing is that... Um, Maybe my point's not going across well. Maybe I'm not explaining myself. I think, don't know how to say it. That's okay. It's, a lot of stuff like that, I'm sure, wasn't documented at the time. Just because, you know, there's no Instagram. There's no Snapchat. People were barely using Twitter. YouTube had just come out, like, a year that's before. such a good point. So, I think that maybe this became as an even bigger shock because people weren't keeping up to date with her life every single day just when something big happened. And so then when this was the big thing that happened, everyone just lost their shit because they were like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, that's really true. That's a great point. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how I should articulate what I'm trying to say in a better fashion. But I guess... What I'm saying is I don't think that she was ever trying to manipulate people more than she was being manipulated. She said in that Oprah interview, I don't want to be a role model. I just want to be an inspiration because I'm a regular person just like everybody else. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that covers just about everything. Hopefully next week we'll be talking about Frozen with our friend Jimmy Doyle. That was just sprung on me. This is really going to be something. You have to watch it. We're watching it I kind of really have enjoyed being like the one person who hasn't seen Frozen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's about to end. So tune in next week for that. And until then, uh, we will talk to you soon. Bye. What's up, you guys? Thanks for listening to this episode of Delayed Reactions. Hope you enjoyed our Britney discussion. And if you haven't listened to her first five albums, definitely recommend doing that at some point. If you like what you hear, make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes. We're also available on SoundCloud if that's more your style. And if you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, it's at DelayedRxNS. On Facebook, we're Delayed Reactions Podcast. 
Special thanks to Dana Piper once again for writing our theme song and to Sean Carney for always coming through with those fake PSAs. If you have any questions for us or recommendations for what we should watch, listen to, read next, make sure you either tweet to us, once again, that's at DelayedRxNS, or you can shoot us an email, delayedreactionspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.